Hello, my name is Ryan Wynn, and I'm the podcast editor of The Daily Emerald, and this is How It's Reported, a new podcast from the Emerald Podcast Network about how reporters do the work we do. And today I have... Uh, Franklin Lewis, a writer with The Daily Emerald on the news desk. How are you doing today? You know, Ryan, it's a little cold outside, but the action (laughs) inside the podcast studio is heating up. It's heating up. Yeah, it gets sweaty in here. I saw some snow outside, though, so that was exciting. It's on everyone's Instagram stories today. (laughs) That's all I can say. You don't even have to look out your window. Just look at Instagram stories. Yeah, we have one window that we can look out of. But anyway... Frankie, you wrote a cover story this week. Could you tell me a little bit more about it? Sure. It's uh, about issue of West University crime, which is an issue that I think a lot of students have dealt with. It's an issue that's kind of interesting that most students acknowledge, but no one's really bothered to kind of really analyze or like kind of figure out what's going on. So um, I try to take this on and look at it from a kind of police perspective and especially from a communication perspective. And essentially what I found is that there's the way that the two police departments is Eugene Police Department, um, which is responsible for the city, and UOPD, uh, University of Oregon Police Department, that's responsible for campus area, the way they communicate is fairly old-fashioned and kind of inconsistent. Um, I mean, they're not on the same radio frequencies, and they're, um, they're I mean, they're still basically, and then what, you know, what the police chiefs told me is that they're basically just, the, the way they share information is just like who happens to call somebody. Yeah, There's yeah. no, like, you know, Google form, or the, it's very unsophisticated. They just so, share a Google Doc. Right, so. Before we get really started, yeah. though, how is the term West University defined? Like, where is that area? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. So in the article, I basically defined it as, um, essentially like Alder Street to High Street. Um, there's a, a way of that students remember the street names. Which we're not we, allowed, we don't, we're not going to say that. We probably can't say that, but <laughs> just if you're a student out there, think of that. And then it's from about 11th Avenue to kind of the mid-20s avenues. I'm not really sure where to draw the line there. Um, but I think most students kind of colloquially know where that West University neighborhood is. I mean, it's kind of, it's that chunk, yeah, between Alder and, and High. Any further than High Street, it probably starts to taper off. Yeah, so when did you first hear about this story, as you said? Like, mm. it's kind of something that's talked about a lot, but, like, not really thought about, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, the funny thing is that the initial pitch was actually from Zach Price, the editor-in-chief, to me. <laughs> and this was kind of in in response to, A, some of the constant crime that had been reported seemingly every weekend for a while. Um, it was stemming back to, like, the two-week... I think I call it a rash of robberies in the article. That's my favorite phrase in the article. <laughs> a rash. Uh, indeed, a rash of robberies uh, last winter term. And then um, there was kind of just persistent kind of assaults and like other property crimes that are happening over the weekends. And then also there's that incident with the KWA DJ who had to be escorted out of the building during a search. And there was a miscommunication between EPD and UOPD that caused him to like EPD officers like draw guns on him because they thought he was a suspect. But... Can I ask something really yeah. quick? The incident you mentioned happened in the Urban Memorial Union. Yeah. Does campus count as a part of West University or? No. So that's a great point. So this, a key distinction is that the University of Oregon Police Department patrols campus, which basically means all stuff that is university property, um, including like the, the main campus. So basically, if you go to like Headco, for example, that parking lot's all university property, but campus by the letter of the law this clary act it only extends to the sidewalk across the street so for example that sidewalk on the other side of alder street 
is technically within the reporting boundary, and that's UOPD responsibility. But further than that, it's Eugene Police responsibility, if that kind of makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So when you first started reporting on the story, what were you doing to get more information on it? Hmm. Uh, like, is, are you saying like like when I first kind of got like kind of first decided to do this with with Zach and like what are, where, what were my next steps sort of? Or? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I first um, I'm trying to think the first person I reached out to. I think the first person I reached out to was Chief Carmichael um, of the UG, uh, the I'm sorry, not Eugene uh, University of Oregon Police Department. And I spoke with him uh, right before Thanksgiving break of last year about this. And he was great. And, and I spoke to him again, like right before the story came out. And he kind of walked me through all the stuff that UOPD does um, in that neighborhood and what their responsibilities were on campus. He also walked me through, uh, which I'm sure we can get into later, but the whole UO alert system and what students, because um, I know a lot of students will care about that, but what deems a UO alert or a campus crime alert. And he also showed me around the new um, community substation that they're going to open up later this year. So that was really cool, too, to see, although it was pretty, I mean, pretty barren at the time, but I think they're going to populate it out. Um, but he was, he was the first person I talked to, and that basically led me. He, I asked him, you know, who else should I talk to, obviously, and he suggested you know, Eugene Police um, and uh, Chief Chris Skinner, um, who then I talked to at the beginning of January, basically, once I got back from winter term. Um, and he was also, you know, super, super open, super great about this story. So, was it like a little uncomfortable bringing up these topics to them? Did you get any like pushback about mm. that? Because I imagine like bringing up the topic, hey, there's like a whole lot of West right. University crime, can maybe seem a little confrontational, but that's also like a part of our job. So, yeah. how was it? You, you know, it's a great question, and I was expecting it to be pretty confrontational. Um, and this, again, I've, as I told you before the podcast started, I mean, this is for me, like, I usually don't get too deep into the weeds of some of these investigative stories. And unlike this story, this is kind of a little bit of a um, like, watchdoggy. Yeah, a little bit watchdoggy, more of like a watch pup, sort of, maybe not a oh, full dog. And I thought watchdoggy was bad when I first <laughs> said that, but that's even like, that's like infinitely worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I regret saying that. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, talking to the police chiefs, it was uh, they were pretty open about it. They all said that they recognize it's an issue, especially um, Chris Skinner. Like he was very open about saying, like, yeah, we can't meet the needs of the city right now. I don't want to pretend that we can meet the needs of the city. And he was just honest that they have to prioritize some of these higher, you know, life in danger type crimes um, versus some of the like property crimes. I mean, that's really the issue, right? As I think mostly. For some of these like assaults or, you know, people get, you see, you hear people getting held up at gunpoint, getting robbed and stuff. I mean, for the most part, Eugene police were kind of responding to those pretty quickly because those are, you know, more life-threatening. What the real issue is, is like when someone just kind of randomly breaks into your house or kicks down your door or something. I mean, these are, these crimes are not getting solved at all. So it's basically the way that they explain it to me. Well, we can explain that later. But yes, to answer your question, it was... I was expecting it to be confrontational, and it, I didn't find that it was too much. You just have to kind of know the right way to ask the questions, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. What were some of the questions that you asked, just to get a little bit of insight into your like reporting process? Mm, yeah, I could pull out my question list, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has make, a question list. That, that would make That's a lot. Pretty good. That would make a lot of noise, but. <laughs> The, the questions, I mean, I didn't remember specifically what the questions I asked. I 
definitely remember asking, interested for UOP, for example, really asking a lot about what their responsibilities were versus versus campus versus off campus. I asked a lot about the alerts, what qualifies, like what, it, like first of all, why would you even send an alert? Like what crime would qualify for an alert? And kind of getting into like tapping into like, it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's case by case, but what they're mandated to report it gets kind of confusing because you have to. They put everything in the crime log, but only certain things get alerts. For UOPD, I was really interested in that. For EPD, I was interested in like the the way that they kind of um, police that area, um, the the some of the proactive stuff they're doing or not doing, seeing what kind of garnered from that, and then seeing one of the questions I actually liked that I asked uh, Chief Skinner from UPD EPD is um, like, what did you want students to understand about how this area is policed? And I think his response is really good. And he said that, you know, he just wants students to understand they have a lot of crimes in the city and it's they cannot meet all these needs. And so that if someone's delayed coming to your house, you know, he just asks for patience. That's which, hard too. <laughs> which that's the thing. So it's like you can't really fault them if they're understaffed, right? Because it's like you just can't physically, every officer can't meet all these crimes. And you can't really fault the students either because they're just care about their safety and someone broke into their home and they're nervous, they're scared, right? So it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the students I talked to too were, I mean, I was just interested in like what their experience with West University crime was. Um, and these students, I could have asked any student really, and they would have had something to tell me. Um, that's how big this issue is. Yeah. So I was also wondering when you were talking to the chief, I know you've been reporting on crime for a good while now, but for people who like don't do this sort of thing every day, is it like intimidating talking to the local chief of police and sort of asking him about this stuff? Here's here's the way I answer it. If I was, if you had asked me like two years ago, and if I had took taken on the story as like a f- wet, still wet behind the ears, Emerald reporter, as a what, as, no, a sophomore? Uh, I think I came on as a sophomore. Yeah, my okay. fall fall term of sophomore year. I would definitely have been a little freaked out. Um, <laughs> but I think after kind of. As you said, I've been reporting on crime for a little bit now since last term. So I was already kind of comfortable with some of the issues that were already out there. And I knew which people to kind of talk to. And the fact that you just have to go into it. And if you have like good questions, they will respect you too. You know, if you come in and just be like, how do you feel about West University crime or something? And just kind of leave it open-ended. Or I mean, they're not going to give you the best answer. So you kind of have to work with them to gain kind of mutual respect, right? But you also don't want to cater them, too. You want to ask them the hard questions. So I wasn't really intimidated too much, to be honest. I mean, I don't think they were trying to intimidate me. I don't want to, like, imply that either. <laughs> so they're police chiefs. They're all in their uniform and stuff. And so, I mean, they have to – part of their job is to be kind of like that figure that people can look up to and feel safe around. So I wouldn't say I felt intimidated too much. Yeah. And going to what you said about the students – how did you sort of like meet these students and like who'd you talk to and like who made it into the story? Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the students, basically uh, Alyssa and um, Grant were great. Uh, they um, were the two students who I really focused in on. Um, again, as I said, I've, I've heard from a couple different people. I basically was just asking friends that I knew. Um, I was like, hey, I know you guys have either had experience with West University crime or know someone who has experience with West University crime. Do you know someone that I could talk to basically about this? So Yeah. And could you talk a little bit about sort of like why you didn't talk to 
your friends specifically oh, and right. like ask and talk a little bit about maybe conflict of interest. Yes. Yeah. I'm a conflict of interest stickler. So I mean, stickler. <laughs> uh, obviously if you, if I asked a couple of my buddies that who I know have had stuff happen to them, it's like, I would be biased in reporting that because I'd feel kind of have some kind of emotional attachment to that, their issue. Not that I'm not sympathetic to the people in the story. It's just, I know them less relatively versus like some of my closer friends. So, and so it makes me, it actually helps me because then I can ask some more pressing questions um, that maybe uh, I can ask my friends. So, and the other thing too, is like, if your friends are like in the story, it kind of just like, are you really doing that thorough of reporting if you're just asking your immediate friends for info, right? So it shows that you're kind of reaching out past your just your circle of initial people you know to kind of find the better story or the best story out there. So, but yeah, so I mean, these are basically friends of friends of mine. So, yeah. And about how many people did you talk to and how many like ended up in the story? That's something that I'm like, that's a ratio I'm curious about. Mm. There's a lot of ratios out there. So the student interviews kind of came together a little bit last minute. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, <laughs> the, But the police chiefs, though, I did, I talked to both of them twice. So I talked to, um, again, as I said before, I talked to Chief Carmichael from UOPD before Thanksgiving of last year and then talked to him with like about, the, I think it was Thursday before the story came out. And then with um, Chris Skinner, I talked to him at, in the kind of early January and then talked to him again the Friday before the story came out. And I just wanted to do that because I knew I kind of talked to them earlier and I know stuff is, can change over a month or even a couple of weeks. So I wanted to make sure I touched base with them. And then the students that I really was, a lot of it was just over text. I'd just be saying like, hey, can you do this or sometime? And some students kind of bailed. Some, some, you know, some people were, I felt were too close and was like, oh, I kind of know you too well. And so th- these are the only two serious interviews I did. Yeah. So I was also wondering what was the most difficult part of reporting this story? This is like something that you said that you don't normally do this kind of like watchdog reporting. What was the most difficult part about doing this story? Hmm. I have to like think about that for a little bit. I mean, the most difficult part might have been just trying to get the issue across. I mean, it was almost like in the, like the reporting itself, the way I think you asked the question, like the reporting was not for me, not that difficult. Like I just asked the right questions and you get the info. The right. writing part of like telling the story of what's going on was really challenging. And that was honestly one of the hardest things I've had to do because you have to basically show how each you know, I kind of set it up as like there's kind of three parties involved in this issue. There's like the UOPD, EPD, and students, right? And all three parties kind of have a vested interest in this issue and explaining how each party is kind of in the right and also in the wrong is kind of what makes, like, you know, writing a nuanced story is what makes this difficult, right? So, which I always pride myself in doing, but especially for this kind of issue where it's crime and people are, you know, at risk and there's a safety issue. Um, there's communication issues. There's like, again, there's communication with students you have to talk about. You have to talk about the communication between the departments. And so that I think just kind of trying to keep it nuanced and not trying to take a side was or or not like implying that because I don't I'm not on a particular side, but making it seem making sure the story reads without a particular angle, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, yeah. 
So what was the most surprising thing that happened or that you learned when digging through, well, I guess going through the weeds and all this? Well, yeah, I think the, I mean, easily the most surprising thing was, I think, hearing, I mean, well, a couple things. I mean, like the surprising part of the reporting process was definitely hearing the both police chiefs talk just up very open and upfront about that this is an issue and that, you know, many, like, we're not doing this as well as we could be doing it. And coming into this, I was going to, you know, have feel like I was going to have to kind of fish that out of them, but they were, they were totally open with me. So, um, which I think reflects itself in the piece, if you're honest. So anyway, and then the, but the other surprising part was actually, honestly, just hearing the student stories were, some of them were, I left out a lot of the detail about the stories in the piece, but but like some of the stories were just very odd and like the, the stuff that they were stolen was odd. And just the, again, a lot of it is not what was stolen. It's just knowing that someone was in your home, kind of like it's invading a, your privacy. It's just, it's a very like weird feeling and knowing that it could happen again, you know, and knowing that the police are really not up for, for the challenge right now. That's what's kind of unnerving. So that was kind of surprising. Yeah. So after all this after all your reporting on Mm -hmm. this what can you say is gonna happen next perhaps hmm um well i can tell you that on the positive side um (laughs) there's definitely the both police departments are definitely know this is an issue and they're working on it so uopd has a lot of stuff they've increased their patrols in that area um especially on 13th there's a community substation um one of the kind of Thing got kind of buried in the piece, but in terms of like breaking news, the the vacation watch program, which I think the UOPD said almost 300 students or 300 homes were in the they they put it into the system. Yeah, we've um, written about that before. Too. Right, exactly. Yeah, please check out our coverage of that. But the um, we'll link it down in the description yes, below, exactly. <laughs> along with this cover story. <laughs> and they, that's coming back for spring break as well. And I think he might have said something about summer. I'd have to go back and check, but. Um, I believe definitely for spring break, they're going to do the vacation watch program again, which is really good. And that's, we'll cut down. Um, that's the type of proactive policing that you need to kind of shut down some of this property crime stuff. Um, Cause it's catching the people in the act is really hard to do. So you need to kind of deter it from happening in the first place. EPD is hiring. They're looking into hiring people. They're assembling a street team that can kind of focus on certain problem areas so, for example, during that two-week robbery stretch, the rash, the rash of the rash of robberies, the infamous rash, um, that they could assign. Like in the past, if they'd had this street team, they could just assign that street team to this area and just patrol it and kind of shut it. You know, make sure the problem's over. So, in terms of though the future, I think it, um, maybe um, like if you when we actually going to see like really change. I mean, I don't know if the thing that's going to stay constant is students living in West University. And I tried to get this point across is that students aren't moving out of this this area, right? They're still going to live there. So it's just kind of this problem is either going to be dealt with or it's just going to kind of keep going in a way. All right. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to me about this. Is there anything you wanted to add before we wrap things up? No, I just go say, um, you know, if you please like Pick up a print issue because, you know, the, the designers work really hard on it, obviously. Um, the full story is online, so if you kind of wonder why the print issue, like, tapers off, like, that's why. So go online, read the full story because, um, you know, not just me, but editors, um, the sources, designers, again, like, copy editors. They, people put a ton of work in on this story and with all our stories, obviously. So 
please go read that if you can. I'd appreciate it. All right. Well, this has been episode, what is it now? Three of How It's Reported, a new podcast from the Emerald Podcast Network. And I'm Ryan Wynn, the podcast editor from the Daily Emerald. See you next week.